Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We're in Tulsa. I'm going to tell you this. This is important. Some Some of you were there, but uh, Brother Hagen said this thing. I got to teach you this principle. We're going to talk about this covenant agreement. You got to understand your covenant rights. So I'm there. Starts talking about we're in heal, we were in school, and uh, he started talking about Rochester, New York, when he said these words. He said, "I never said this before. I read the transcript. They had used to transcribe everything he said in certain places. I read the actual transcript of what he said." When he said, keep the switch of faith turned on. He said, I never said that before. Had this little boy who prayed for this lady in the line, and she was blind. He said, I prayed for her, and her eyes popped open. He said, I didn't feel anything because I knew a gift of the Spirit came in operation, and her eyes popped open. I was like, well, that's pretty good. He said, they brought me this little boy with club feet. His feet were bent, and they were distorted. His mom and dad were really, really, you know, overwhelmed by this. And he said, in the line, he said, I never said this before. But I looked by and I laid hands on him. He said, I felt the power of God. Now listen, pay attention. He said, I felt the power of God come out of my body and go into that little boy's body. I felt more power praying for the little boy than I did praying for the lady with the blind eyes. He pauses, he goes, and that's because that was the gift of the Spirit. He said, but I knew we were going to receive by faith for the little boy with the club feet. Now I'm reading this. As I'm reading this, he says this. He said, I said these words. I've never said them before. He said to the lady, he said, keep the switch of faith turned on. Now he's got my interest. What do you mean keep the switch of faith turned on? He said, I never, and he pauses. He said, I never, they're in quotation. He said, I never said that before. And he said these words, changed my life forever. He said to that mama, every time you think of those club feet, say, Thank you, God, that the healing power of God is at work in that baby's body, working the healing and the cure. Pauses again. He said, I never said that before. I listened to it, listened to it, read it, listened to it. Still didn't get it. Still didn't understand it. And then I got it. Every time you think of it, say. I said, you know how many times I'm thinking of this stuff? Every time you think of what? That little baby's club feet. You know how many times a mama's thinking about her little baby's club feet, boys and girls? A lot. Every time, here's the discipline of faith. Every time you think of it, say. Every time you think of it, say. Say what? Thank you, God. The power of God's working in that baby's healing and the cure. Said about six months later, I was preaching five towns over. He said, was in the meeting, was in the back, came back out, said, Brother Hagin, there's the people here, there's a family, they want to talk to you. You've seen them in Indiana or wherever it was. He was in Rochester, New York is where he was, but he was somewhere else and whatever happened, I don't know. They said they want to talk to you. And they said, okay. Walked out, seen him. It was the, little, it was the mama with the bullet boy, baby boy with club feet. She said, it was the hardest thing in the world. I'd be bathing him, I'd think about those feet, I'd be around, I'd think about those feet. But she goes, every time we thought of it, we said, we said, thank God. She said, in a week, I looked down to see those feet, and those feet were perfectly made whole. 
Every time you think of it, say. That's the discipline of it. Every time you think of it, say. Every time you think of it, say. You know how much saying you're going to do? A lot. Because every time you think of it, I got to say what I want to see. Not what I'm feeling. Keep the switch of faith turned on. That's how you do it. Most people won't say it enough. Then we go, God, what? God's like, no. Principles. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but you're going to do a whole lot more saying. And you're going to get better at what you're seeing. Amen? You got it? You got to do it. It's the laws of faith. Well, Jesus proves it to you in Luke. He said this. He said, hey, Jesus, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as the grain of a size of a grain of a mustard seed, you would say unto that sycamine tree, be thou plucked up, be thou cast out, be thou thrown into the sea. What's everybody say? Well, let me see the size of your faith. I got news for you. There ain't no size of faith. Faith don't have a size limit. Ain't nothing about big faith, small faith, little faith, great faith, none of that faith business. Don't let, the, don't let it work out. Faith's a belief. It obtains stuff. He said this. What's the size of your if you had faith as a seed, you would say. It's not about the size of faith. It's about the size of your saying. How much saying you got going on. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says. That's why you can't talk like a ding dong one day and then want to speak like God the next. Because you're going to see everything you say. Cleanse your mouth up real quick because I don't want to see a lot of things I've been saying. How about you? Come on, amen. You guys with me today? That's a little bunny trail. How many like bunny trails? Thank God we ain't scripted around here. I didn't tell the morning service that. See, paid off coming in 1030. Look right here. Write this down. I'm the righteousness of God based upon my covenant rights. And my covenant rights gives me access to righteousness. Write it down. Write it down. Why, you, why am I righteous? How am I righteous? What gives me the ability to be righteous? My covenant. It's not what I did, but what he did. What he did on the cross can't undo what I do with my character. That's not a license for you to go wacky. That's just an opportunity for you to live holy. Because when you find out how good God is and you find out how great God is, you see this stuff. Look over here in, where are we, in Hebrews Hebrews 10. Woo, look what he says. Now, today's all about this. I'm going to preface this before we start. Today is about you submitting yourself to the place where God wants you to sit. Okay? See, here's the thing. If I came in this room and said, hey, how many people in this room are humble? Raise your hand. How many people in this room are humble? Raise your hand. No, there's not a lot of hands going to go up. A few of you would say what? If you put your hand up, five hands, right? How, you'd say, if I lift my hand up, that makes me prideful. Because if you say you're humble, you're not being humble. We don't even know what humility is. Humility is not, humility is not groveling around, being like weak. Humility is really what? I like to say this. this is, you yield from your own opinion. You withdraw from your own opinion. And you what? You surrender from your own opinion. And you take the opinion of another. So that's what Jesus is saying. If you're going to be like me, you got to humble yourself from your own opinion. The problem with the church is we're really prideful in this sense. We don't take our place. It's really wacky. We don't take our place which Jesus gave us. So basically your pride is found in your inability to what? Accept what God has made you. 
He gets him in Galatians 3 and hammers him for it because he said, who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians, that you think now you're going to be made perfect by your flesh even though you were made perfect in the spirit? So he basically rebukes the Galatian church because why? They're trying to show up with their works and go, my works make me righteous and justified when your works got nothing to do with it. So really by trying to elevate your own works, you became prideful and you slipped from grace's grip. Are you seeing this? So it's like if I went to your house, right? I go over to your house. I'm coming to your house, right? I go, hey, where do you, where do you want me, friend? Where do you want me to sit? He says, sit over there. How rude would it be to sit over there when the guy told me sit over here? That's rude. I don't go to nobody's house. I just went to my in-laws. I don't know where this guy sits. You know? Hey, where you sit? Where you want me? Sit there. How rude would it be? He says, sit here, and I go sit over there. That's not right. Problem, that's the problem with you. I'm going to rebuke you today. It's going to be fun. Just go through it. Hang on tight. It'll be all right. What's wrong with you? How arrogant is the church that we want to sit where we want to sit when he said, sit at my right hand and take your place. It's what I made you. Why are you coming in here with your works? Try to tell God, oh, look what I did. Now, now you say, I don't do that. Yeah, we do. You know where we do it? With our lack of ability to elevate to the place where he wants us to be. We're living beneath it because you choose to live beneath it because you disqualify yourself based upon I don't know what. Take your seat. Take your place. The other day, right, I did something. It was a little wacky, right? It wasn't bad. I don't get in trouble. But I did something. It was a little bit like I'm doing it anyway. I don't really care, right? So I did it, and then I got nervous about it because I was like, you know, you should maybe not have done that. And then God, God quicked me. He goes, would a king care? I said, no, a king don't care about No, a king don't care about jets. King don't care about wealth. King don't care about nothing. Did you watch? Did you watch? Did you watch the king the other day when he was, remember when the queen went home to be with the Lord? He wouldn't take the pen the wrong way. Did you see that? Yeah. And everybody says that he's arrogant. No, he understands his position. Once you understand your position, your posture, and protocol, you don't live like everybody else. Nah, bro. You ever been somewhere you're not supposed to be and people live at a different level and you show up in there and you're like totally like a fish out of water? Because they expect something you don't expect. It's almost scary in a way because, like, they're not demanding it, but their atmosphere is, is very much so loaded with access to what they believe they should have. Yeah. See, don't live beneath where God puts you. Sit at the right. You know who I am? When the king talks, the king gets done. He said, what he said gets done. Last time I checked, you were king of kings. Come on now. But here's the problem. We let sin give us the lens that we look through life with, and now we don't see right. You know, when you go to the eye doctor, he puts that goofy thing on your head. He clicks it. Better now? Better now. One, two, two. What? Go back, bro. I'm confused. Which one's one? Which one's two? Read the bottom line. D, A, B, A. Looks like a house. Boom. Don't puff that puffer in me. I don't like that. Come on. You been there. Click it, right? Click, one, two, go back, go back. Go, that's it, that's better. Come on, man, you know what I'm saying. Jesus is trying to get you to look through the right lens, and we want to see ourselves jacked up and falling and messed up. And, uh, you know, you got a little this, a little that. Nah, bump that. Look what he says right here. It's based on covenant. Covenant, everybody say covenant. Covenant. Covenant's like a merger, okay? The marriage covenant is what? The same thing like a business covenant, just like a contract. The lesser company takes on the identity of the greater company and any kind of acquisition in life. Hello? 
Guess what happens when you partner with God? You don't take, you don't take your name in it. You take his name. That's why all you ladies, when you get married, you get the last name of the dude. Hello? Why is that? Because you just became one. Hello? It's a covenant. Oh, I don't like it. It's formality. It ain't formality. It's a covenant. And then once you come in that position, that position now is giving you what? Access. Hello? Same thing with God. That's what he's going to talk about here. So watch this. So when that thing did that, that covenant agreement... And that miracle of marriage is the same symbolic way that God did with his covenant with Jesus. You take on his name. You ain't in you no more. You in Christ. I don't feel like I'm in Christ. Guess what? You didn't feel like you. Come on. Liz became a Sarno the minute she married me. She ain't had no background in it. She don't know nothing about it. She ain't even Italian for crying out loud. I'm trying to fix her. So you don't know how to do this? man. Come on. Are you here? You think she was sat there and said, let's look at the family tree. I don't even know where the family tree is. I don't care. I'm in Christ. Can't find me no more. Come on. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you think she got a test that she had to take? Like, do you know this? No. She just said, okay, that's what I am now. Hello? You take it on. Jesus is like, you ain't in you no more. You in him. Why are you trying to get out of him and be you? And you got to elevate. Come on, look right here. Read it. Just read it with me. When you see this stuff, I'm telling you, it's going to take time. I don't even care. I'll talk about this in January. These are the best in him realities going. I can get up here and do something, exhort you. Come on, this stuff's going to transform you, man. Because you know you're right. How's your prayer life been since you found out you're righteous? Whole lot better, man. Bump this. I don't ever lose. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? You, you guys are sharp, man. I know you are sharp. You're getting this stuff, right? And then he said... God said what? I will be the one, this is Jesus, to do your will. So I'll be the sacrifice that removes sin. So if Jesus removed your sin, why in the heaven you still got a sin consciousness? That's what I'm beating out of you. You are not allowed to have a sin consciousness no more. What's it? Well, I don't think I'm a sinner. Okay, let me show it to you. If you don't think you should win every battle, prosper in everything you do, live life with the, I'm talking about no oppression, no sick. No disease, no strife, no jacked up life. You got sin consciousness still. Don't, don't put it on the table and tell me I can't have it. Lock it up. But if you give it out, God, and we find it, that's why it's hidden treasure. We got it. Do you know how excited it is to be right now in this church? Why? Not because I'm anything fancy, but because God's putting it on a platter. Say, take it, bro. Just take it. It's yours. Look what he said. I'm going to remove sin. So by being the sacrifice that removes sins, he abolished animal sacrifices and replaces that entire system with a new covenant. Because that only covered it. Now keep going. By God's will, now this is God's will, he purified us and made us holy. Once and for all. So you purified and holy? That's what he said. Colossians says, you're holy, unreprovable, and unblameable in the sight of God. Do you see yourself like that? Come on, man. I feel like I'm on ESPN. Come on, man. Come on. Are you here? Are you here? Pop that up there. Let him see it. By God's will. This ain't, was this your will? No, it's God's will. This is what God wanted. Man, God thinks a whole lot better of you than you think about you. Woo! 
That's when he told you not to say, my ways ain't your ways. My thoughts are not. He wasn't saying we're silly. We don't know. He said, I think so much higher of you. I wish you could think about you the way I think about you. I wish you could see me the way I see you. Look at this. God's will. We've been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Gets better. Look at 11. Here we go. Yet, every day, priests still serve. Offering, same sacrifice again and again. They can never take away sin's guilt. Animal sacrifice, atonement, just covering it. Nobody got away with it. Why am I beating this to, to a pulp? Because until you get a revelation of this in your heart, you're never going to elevate your life to the place where God wants you to be. Because by default, your mind's going to pull you back to the fall and say, this is not who you are. You have to force yourself to believe what God says you are, and then you got to submit yourself to it every day of your life thereafter. Because I'm going to show you what. you got to think like a king. you got to rule like a king. you got to reign like a king. you got to walk like a king. And then, ladies, you got to talk like a king. You know what I'm saying? Power. But if you don't, you're going to live beneath the revelation. No, nah, it ain't good enough. This ain't where I'm supposed to be. I know who I am, and I'm not staying there. And you know who's going to fight you? The enemy. He's going to say, let it go. You say, no, nah, I ain't letting it go. I ain't letting it go. No. Found out who I am. Revelation gives me access to a greater me than I've ever seen before. I'm taking it. Look what he says. Keep rolling. Every priest, he said, he can't take away sin's guilt. But watch 12. But when this priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sin for all, time, he sat down at the throne of the right hand of God. That's Jesus. He did what? When the awesome priest Jesus offered his sacrifice for sin once and for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God. That's what you see. Look, keep going. Waiting until all his whispering enemies are subdued and turned into his footstool. That means he put his foot on the earth. Okay? And by his one perfect sacrifice, Jesus, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. Stop right there. You got to let that saturate. Jesus, this is why Jesus had to come. This is why Jesus had to die. This is why Jesus had to raise from the dead. This is why Jesus had to go through this. I am completely, foreverly, eternally forgiven, and so are you. And he said this, one sacrifice, by this one perfect sacrifice, Jesus made us perfectly holy and complete for what? Ever. Ever. We don't have six months from now, you're perfect. You don't even know what I did. Who cares what you do? It ain't going to rub off the perfectness of what he made you to be. Because if it was based on you being perfect, guess what? We'd be in trouble. So it's never about what you did to receive it. Hello? That's why you can't undo it by what you do. If what you could do undid what he did on the cross, what he did on the cross wouldn't have been good enough. Let me do it again. If what you do in the earth can undo what he did on the cross, what he did on the cross wouldn't have been good enough. That's why when he did it on the cross, he finished it for all. You start seeing that, that'll put a little shout in you. Hallelujah. I'm, I, praise God. I hope Pastor Liz catches up to my perfectness. I'm a reminder every day. Come on, somebody, because everybody talks to you where you're not. Yeah, you better think about it, you know. Think about it. Everybody's like, you better get there. 
I'm, I'm kidding around, but you know what I'm saying. You got to elevate yourself because some of you believe this stuff. No, you better believe this stuff. Look what it said. 15. Whew. The Holy Spirit confirms this by the Scripture, for the Lord says, what's he say? Afterwards, I will give them this covenant. How many got this covenant? You got this covenant when you got born again. You got born again, he gave you the covenant. You got this covenant now. Man, you get your stock's going up by the minute. Come on. Right? Check it up. I will give them this covenant, and I will embed my laws into their heart, and I will fasten my word to their thoughts. He's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm going to put it in your heart, and I'm going to fasten it to your thoughts. I'm going to say, afterwards, I will give them what? Everything. Come on, watch, keep going. Watch 17. And then he says, hey, what did he say? I will not ever again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. Is God a liar? No, man, he ain't never lied. That's my favorite scripture in the whole Bible, number 2319. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of God needs to repent. He ain't repent about nothing. Did he not say it? Won't he do it? Come on. He said, why do you keep remembering your sins when God forgot them? Because we got sin consciousness. All we remember is our flaws and failures. Now you need to get out of it. Look, Adam didn't have that in the beginning, and Jesus doesn't want you to have that in the end. Now, listen, I understand. Listen, I'm smart enough to know this. I'm not trying to be, like, smart. I'm not that, you know, I'm not the sharpest attack in a bunch, but I'm not, I'm not dull neither. You say, well, I don't think I'm a sinner. Nobody said you walk around thinking you got a sinner, but you live in an inferiority complex of your spirituality because we don't have right Christ-like identity. So we look at this like, well, you know internally, like, well, you know, maybe, we you know, I'm not the best Christian out there, so sometimes my prayers might not get answered because we look at past performance of prayer life, and sometimes we don't see victory, so we think, well, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. No, 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 no. You're righteous. You're good enough. You just didn't have the revelation I'm giving you now. Now you got it. You a brand new Christian. You brand new Christian. Because I'm a, I'm a demand Christian. I'm a stand and say and see Christian. I'm not backing up. And you ain't got God against you, God before you. The devil's trying to push against you. Say, what are you going to do about that? Oh, we prayed in this. And we prayed and they died. And we prayed that. Ah, I didn't know what I knew now. I'm going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm a brand new creature in Christ right now. I'm better than I was. I'm a better prototype. My God, I can't wait for 2023. I can't believe to see the me that's going to show up. Why? Because I'm renewing my mind in righteousness. I'm renewing my mind in the word of God. I'm renewing my mind to God what he said I could be. I'm renewing. Now, are you excited? I'm not excited to get excited. I got a revelation. The revelation's making me excited. You know who you are. Thank you, God. Why? It's got to be done. Well, did Jesus pray prayers that didn't get answered? No. I don't pray prayers that don't get answered. Did Jesus say stuff and it didn't come to pass? No. Then I don't say stuff and it not come to pass. Are you elevating your mind? Well, where are you? Oh, we all know these scriptures, but we don't believe none of them. You're going to get rebuked today. I rebuke 9 o'clock, and I'm going to rebuke you too. And I don't have a problem with it because I'm a good dad. I smack you right in the rear end. Don't care. I told him in the morning, she tried to hit me, she hit you. She, she hit him. She was good my mother. I, I said, no, that's what happens sometimes. You got to realize this. I'm not slapping you in a hard way. Please understand me. I love you. That's why I tell you. I can preach powder puff pansy messages all day long and fill this building nine times over.
Come here, tickle my toes, make me feel good. And you live defeated in the earth. What good is that nonsense? I didn't come here to exhort you. I'll exhort you sometimes. I come to transform you. Whole different ministry. But why, why, you know, people come in, why is the building not packed? <laughs> Stick around. Demand something out of your life. Greatness. Coach, I hated every coach I ever had in life. Not like with that evil hatred, but my God, where are you out? You know, they got this new dude in the morning. He's coming. This dude's fit. I got him today. He said, I'll call you this week. I got nervous. <laughs> he going to beat me, man. It happens. Good guys, they want the best out of you. Anybody mentors you, they want the best out of you. They force you. They don't see the 900 things you're doing right. I'm looking at the one thing you're doing wrong. Because I want you to succeed, succeed at life. So it's not the 100 things I'm doing right. It's the one thing we're not doing right that's holding us back. From it. it was the rich young ruler. When G, that story changed my life because I thought I was too hard. I was like, I'm a pain. I see what everything, I see what's not right in the picture, not what's right in the picture. That's not negative. It's just God. Because you know why? What are you saying? You're like, God? Yes, because God's obsessed with order. I told you that. God is obsessed with order. God doesn't care about the things you think he cares about. God is obsessed with order. Sin, he annihilated once and for all. God's not caught up with sin. Church is caught up with sin, not God. God annihilated once and for all. He said it's done. You know what God's obsessed with? Order. You want to get your house to right? Get the order right. You want to get your relationships right? Get the order right. You get anything out of order? When your body's out of order, what does it do? It screams. Some of you got problems with something like if your leg's out of order, your whole body hurts. Anything out of order, what? Produces pain. See what I'm saying? So you got to get things. So you're looking, you're tinkering. So that rich young ruler, that was the thing. He said, hey, go give away everything. I want to be great. He said, all right, go give away your money. Let's see if you can do it. He knew he wasn't going to do it. It wasn't about giving away everything you own. It was the one thing he was hung up with. Jesus finds the things you're hung up with and kind of tinkers with them to try to get full surrender so you could have full acceptance of his message. See it? So I'm working on your head. So, 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 so pull this in and, and look at the, this stuff here, what I'm trying to get you to see. This is all about you and me. Here's the rebuke. How dare you? What audacity do we have to walk in there with our own righteousness? And how in the heaven could you not sit at a seat he told you to sit at when he told you to sit there? Take your place. It's rude not to. See it? It's almost like I'm going to live beneath this place because of my humility. No, really what your humility is is pride. You're trying to go in there in your own merit. You're trying to, dude, I'm telling you, it's almost kind of fun to go in there like a complete bozo and go, I don't deserve none of this. Let's see this cool spot you gave me. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just walking. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to yell in traffic for the rest of my life. I like it. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have fun doing it. And I don't even care if the other people can hear me. Big deal. It's America. You don't like it? Leave. I get over it. Right? I don't have to be perfect because I'm righteous. And the righteousness makes me perfect. And my character flaws ain't holding me back from nothing because Jesus doesn't have a problem with it. Only humans do. So get over it. See what I'm trying to say? It's like a free, like, hey, I'm sitting right here in Christ Jesus at the seat you gave me. And nothing in my performance is going to affect my prayer life because my prayer life is not perfected by my performance. It's perfected by my position. And my position is righteous and I'm in Christ. Why in the heaven are you trying to come out of Christ and produce your own righteousness when he said, in him you shall live and move and have your being? Are you seeing this? Stay here, man. Look what he says, and then I'll take you this place. You're going you're to be changed. Pop that last scripture up there to help him. So if your sins have already been forgiven and forgotten, why 
would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for your sin? Wait a minute. My sins have been what? Forgiven in what? Why you keep remembering them if God forgot them? Look at your neighbor and say, stop remembering. Look at your other neighbor and say, stop remembering. Oh, you're over there trying to give a critique list about all your jacked up stuff. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You want to go in there? Well, you know, you got that Rolodex in your head saying, well, you know, I'm not. Well, you know, no, no, no. It's my covenant that makes me righteous. Get this understanding and walk in this. Look what it says there. God's grace gave you God's faith. I did not do that. God's grace, I don't know what's going on in this joint. God's grace gave you God's faith. Write that down. It's God saying amen to my preaching. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Look what it says in Acts 13, 37. God's grace, it's grace. Now, see, we don't understand. Grace is power to transform your life. Now, how'd you get saved? Everybody says faith. Nah, nah, nah. Grace, grace is how you got saved. Faith is how you access what grace got you saved from. Does that make sense? For by grace through faith have you been what? Saved. By grace through what? Faith. So whose idea was the whole salvation package? God. And that was God's grace for Adam's mess. How do we access God's grace? We just believe. Now watch it. How much belief you got? Who cares? Belief ain't no size. You got great faith. You got little faith. You got baby faith. You got mustard seed faith. Shut up. Tell these people stop. Faith is a belief, man. That's all it is. You believe? Then you got faith. Come on, man. I make it simple. I break it down. Well, how, what size is your faith? You got big faith? Big faith gets you big miracles. Little faith gets you baby miracles. Stop. Stop. Stop this nonsense. Don't make no sense. One dude, one dude in the Bible said, what? He said, oh, he got great faith. You know how he got great faith, the Roman centurion? You know how he got great faith? Look, man, if, if it came from hearing, then we're, then we're all in trouble. He, this joker didn't even know it was the will of God to heal his servant who was homesick. And now he got great faith? He's a one-time hearer. He didn't know it was the will of God. He said, I got a servant homesick. Will you heal him? He said, yeah. He said, he said yeah, I'll, I'll heal him. He said, okay. He walked away saying it was done. He said, I understand authority, which was a level of order. He said, if you say it, I know you can do it. So if you say it, bro, I'm cool with it because I'm a man that understands. If I say something, things got to get done. What do you say? He said, he's healed. He said, good with me. I walk away. God. Jesus said, he looked at the disciples that were hearing him all day long and goes, if you had faith like that, dude, you could change the world. How, was, he a, was he a constant hearer? No, he's a one-time hearer. But he was what? He was a believer of what he heard. And he accepted it, and then he what? He activated it. That's all you got to do. Hello? That's it. Well, what if I do if I don't, he don't look well? He didn't say you believe by what you see. He said you believe and then you see. Come on, you see what I'm saying? Believe it anyway. What else you got to do? God's the only one who can get you out. Why don't you just believe him all the way? Have that real audacity kind of faith. I do it sometimes. It's fun. It's kind of like kind of cool. Like, God, I don't really care. Let's, let's see how you do this. God loves it. I really believe he, I, I can picture God just like parting the clouds like, hey, let me see what you're doing down there. And he goes like this. I just look up and say, bro, I ain't backing up. I don't care if I drop dead. I'll resurrect from the dead. That's the kind of, that's the kind of oomph you got to have. 
I just told somebody this week, they said, I'm, getting ready. I'm not going to be in the earth. I said, you're not allowed to leave. They said, what did you say? I said, I just told you. And I'll say it again, sir. In all due respect, you're not leaving the earth. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you won't. I said, because when you go to heaven, God's going to tell you you can't stay because I won't let you go. You think like that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm done. No, you're, you're not done. We still need you. So you might think you're going, but I'm not going to let you go. My faith will keep you in the earth. Are you crazy? I'm going to give it a shot. What do you got? <laughs> Brother Hagen did it. He said, God, I need him. I told you what he did. And I'm not brainwashed by these guys. I just like their tenacity of faith. Brother Norville was like that too. I don't lose. I said, I like that. What would you do when they locked you in the nut house with the kid lost his mind? I made his mind come back into his body. <laughs> I said, what? what did you? 24 hours I stood there. The sun went down. The sun came up. Yeah. Stood there. Wasn't going to quit. Wasn't going to lose. What happened? Guy fell in an oil rig and died. He was dying. Brother Hagin said, I went in the other room, and I prayed a prayer. I said, God, if you need him, I need him. And because I need him, he can't leave. Guy came back. Guy went to heaven. He goes to heaven. He sees Jesus. Jesus said, you can't stay. He said, I want to stay. He said, you can't stay. He said, what do you mean I can't stay? It's heaven. He goes, no, Brother Hagin won't let you come. You got to go back. Tells a story straight there. Make your hair in your neck stand up. He's like, yeah. He goes, the guy come two, three days later, whatever it was. And he said these words. He said, Brother Hagin, now he's unconscious. The guy died and went to heaven. He didn't know what was going on. He said, you went in the room next door. He goes, I seen that room. He goes, you went in the room next door and you prayed a prayer. He said, I seen you pray. He said, God took his hand and pulled the clouds back and I could see into the earth realm. And he said, I seen you pray your prayer. He goes, this is what you said. You said this. Now, how could the guy know this? He didn't pray in the room. He prayed in the room next door. He said, you said to him, he said, God, if I need him, you need him. He seen the identical prayer and he said, you can't stay. Your faith can change the world, man. We just got to believe it. Just tap into it. Now, that might be a stretch for some of you. It's a stretch for me. But guess what? I'm going to go for it anyway. I want to be the guy when you go to heaven and they tell you, Jesus is going to tell you, you can't stay. <laughs> Ain't you going to be real happy with me when you come back? Oh, no. Sarno said you got to go back. <laughs> I'm going to get one of you. I promise. Some of you already did. She raised her hand. It's true. She was going. But not on my watch. That's why you got to listen to somebody in your future. Some of you I can't help. Some of you I can't. Anyway, this covenant gives me this righteousness. Okay? This righteousness taps into grace. This grace was not my idea. What audacity. I'm telling you, I'm rebuking you a little bit. Who, how dare you not take a place God put you in? Because you don't think you're worthy. If he said you're a king, you're a king. If he puts you as a priest, you're a priest. Stay there. Take your spot. Live up to the level where God wants you to be. Stop dumbing it down to where you want to think you are. Because you're not. There's everybody just watch it. But the one whom God raised from the dead has never experienced corruption in any form. That's why he's a perfect sacrifice. Why do you think Jesus had to be perfect? 
Because he annihilated your imperfectness with his perfectness. Let that settle in. I am an imperfect vessel. He is a perfect vessel. He exchanged his perfection for my imperfection. And now we've been made perfect in the spirit. And that's the only way God sees you. Because God doesn't see you anywhere else but outside the world. Remember I told you that? Remember that with John the Baptist when he was in prison? Remember that? I'll, I'll give you that and we'll go. But the one whom God raised from the dead has never experienced corruption in any form. Watch 38. So uh, listen, friends. Through this Jesus, the forgiveness of sin is offered to you. Everyone who believes in him is set free from sin and guilt. Ho, oh, come on. Something the law of Moses had no power to do, he did. He did it. Everyone who believes in it is what? I'm free from sin. I'm free from guilt. I'm free from shame. Hey, I'm free. Where was that? In the beginning in Eden. And you see it? Everything Adam lost in the garden, Jesus went back into another garden and got it back and gave you righteousness to give you access to it all. That's why, because see, when he went to the garden in Gethsemane, that's where he won it all. He became this, because why? That's where temptation could have destroyed him, but he wouldn't let it. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, what's the story here? He said, you got to resist it. And he resisted temptation. He sweat great drops of blood. That's where that covenant was cut. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe this wholeheartedly, and I think I'm right. Why would he shed drops of blood? Because any time a covenant has been birthed in the earth, there has to be a blood sacrifice to produce it. His blood wasn't wasted like it was just pain of the penalty. It was the cutting of a covenant that I'm never going to let temptation overtake me. The perfect sacrifice then went to the cross later on and finished everything that the Abrahamic covenant had to be filled. Then he went under the earth. And that's why when he see Mary, he said, don't touch me. I'm not done. He said, I got to bring this blood to the altar of God. He laid it on that throne of grace. That was the mercy seat of the Old Testament where blood of bulls and goats would be. He said, once and for all, I put this blood on this altar. It's done. He went up there, put it there. Then he goes into hell. He's got one more God to be. He said, come on, show up, bro. Let's go. He showed up at the devil. He's a superhero, man. He's slapping devils everywhere. He said, okay. Now he said, what? He said, I'm taking back the keys of authority that you stole from Adam because you committed high treason. He was stupid, but you stole them. That's authority that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to my church. He went in there and said, give me the keys. Now he said to you in Colossians, he said, you've been set free from darkness. And he gave us back the keys of the kingdom. You got dominion. You got power. You got righteousness. You got grace. You got redemption. You got it all. And the church is sitting here. Go lay in the corner. Wait till I start to roar. You better get security in here tight because I'm going to talk about all those clowns. And when I do, I don't even care. Fire will come to heaven and burn them all up. I'm not here to sort them out. Let God sort them out. I'm just going to be here to call down fire. Why? Because you got a righteous place in the earth. God's got no problem with it because he hates evil he loves people he hates evil and these people try to push this well you know when you push against evil you're pushing against people no we love people we hate evil and if people want to be evil oh well get rid of evil i don't know what to tell you it's ridiculous and the church will say sit there and be quiet no don't be quiet roar like a lion and tell them what truth is truth is not this stupid nonsense they're trying to push through the school and that stupid nonsense what are they going to do Come get me? You better be ready for a fight, bro. What? You ain't going to get me. Listen to me. And you want to let all your ding-dong nutjob friends come around you and push this garbage and tell you, oh, you know, this is normal. It ain't normal. It ain't nothing normal about it. It's demonic. It's anti-Christ. 
Hello? And you to church, and you full of Christ, so she begins to antichrist, and we might not agree. I didn't come for harmony. I came to speak the truth. If you don't like the truth, don't talk to me. I could care less. I got plenty of friends. I don't need more. Why? Get going and get open in your mouth and do what you're supposed to do. And stop being here like the quiet little church. Go sit over in the corner. Be quiet. Go sit over in the corner. Be quiet. No, roar like a lion and call down fire. Be the church that you're supposed to be. Amen? And say, look, we could agree to disagree, but guess what? I don't walk the way you walk. I'm not here to cause strife or cause a fight, but I'm going to talk in truth. And once you walk in truth, you're going to separate people that don't want to. Do you understand what that means? You're not going to get harmony. Wake up. Jesus didn't get harmony. You understand? The first person you got to start fighting with is yourself. Because you got to elevate yourself to the position God gave you. Okay, now let me leave you this and I'll go. Ready? Because that's a lot. John the Baptist gets jacked up, gets thrown in prison, gets totally messed up. I told you this, but you need to hear it again. He gets thrown in prison. He's a mess. He's the guy that told me Jesus is the Christ. He turns around and he tells his disciple, go ask Jesus if he's the Christ. How ridiculous is this? You're the guy who told me he's Christ. Now you're trapped in jail. You don't know if he's Christ. So what does he tell him? Go ask him if he's the one. You've been here before. You've heard me say this. What does he do? They go and ask him. Jesus goes, what did you see? What did you hear? But here's the kicker. What does he say about John the Baptist in front of the people? You know what he told him? He read the book of Isaiah. Did you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? Before the people. Tom, I'm telling you, he sits there. He goes like this. He goes, what did you see? So now he looks like a complete, come on, you're following John? John's the one who told us when he came up out of the river Jordan, near behold the son of the Lamb of God. Behold, the sins of the world rest upon his shoulders. He's our guy. The dove descended. You're the one who told me he's Christ. You get stuck in pressure. Now you don't know if he is. And you turn around and go, I'll go ask him if he's the one. He looks like a fool before the people is what he looks like. You know what Jesus does? He stands before the people and what does he do? He dresses. He says, what did you come to see? Did you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? He said, nobody greater than John was born in the womb. But if you believe in me today, believe in me today, you'll be just as great as him. I sit there and I go, well, that don't make no sense. That's cute. Jesus said, no, 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 no. In my heart, I knew. He goes, where did he get that answer from? I said, I've seen that reed shaking in the wind. He said he quoted out of the book of Isaiah what John is and who John is, and that's what he does with you. I said, slow this down. I go, what do you mean? He goes, whenever you don't look like the word, only thing Jesus has to speak about you is the word. So you're telling me you never see me outside of the word? No, I can't. Because once I come out of the word, you never got this part. I step in unbelief, and I cannot unbelieve, so all I can do is believe, so I only see you through the pages of the Bible. So your performance is never really seen before my eyes because I annihilated sin once and for all, and I cannot not believe, so the only place I see you is in my beliefs, and that's my word. So anytime you get outside of my word, I can't see you there. So don't remind me of it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Finds John the Baptist jacked up. You know what he says? What did you just come to see? A reed shaking in the wind? No, you never came to see a prophet greater than him. But if you'll believe today, you'll be just as great. And he only says what the word of God says about him because that's all he could say about you. So every time Jesus sees you, all he says is what the word says about you because he can only say what he, his father told him to say and see what his daddy told him to see. So anytime you think you're less than, just remember this. Jesus always knows you're more than. Take that home with you today. Meditate, revelate, get in it, marinate, get it. But know this, you're not who you think you are. You're a whole lot better. Come on, close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, you're changing them, you're transforming them, you're moving in them, you're doing great things for them. And you are doing supernaturally what only can be done in every area of their life. Open their eyes to righteousness. Let them see it. Let them know it. Let them walk in it. Let them have it. And Lord, I pray, afresh and anew, you're going to anoint them today. 
to do everything you have for them. Bless them and keep them and watch over them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.